This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. Right, Mountaineer Media Podcast fans, welcome back to another week. CJ, what's up, brother? Are you Cooper? Actually, before we get started, you guys just came back from this uh, mountain man adventure up to uh, Guadnir Knob, right? That was uh, which was um, specified, not specified, but highlighted on MountaineerMedia.org by our very own Shannon Stowers. And then, so was that like the the influence? Was that what got you guys like? Yeah, let's try this place out because uh, you, Mason. And our buddy Nathan all went. I wasn't able to make the trip, but you guys made this backpacking trip up there for a couple of days. Yeah, man, we did. And I will shout out Shannon, uh, putting it out off the beaten path on our blog, mountaineermedia.org. He put a blog out and he, you know, he told this story of a beautiful place called Gardner Knob. It's a less populated spruce knob. It's about, I think, 30 minutes from spruce knob roughly on those West Virginia country roads. Uh, but we did. We um, we had a little Tennessee plan that got scrapped. We pivoted. We were like, what do we do? What do we do? And then rereading re on the website, seeing Shane's article, I was like, you know what? Let's go check this out. Uh, so we pop up there. Basically, the route to get there is you go through Elkins, that you're going to take, I think, 92. Our buddy Nate is an expert uh, trail uh, trail. No GPS well, needed. He yeah. didn't need the GPS. Not at all. Nathan knows these back roads. I've literally been, you know, out and about in West Virginia his entire life, uh, like I have. But Nate's extra level of uh, adventure, your person. But yeah, man, we went up there, camped on something called Shavers Mountain. So there's Cheat Mountain and Shavers Mountain. Um, these two massive mountains. There's a little town called Durban. So we kind of bounced around between random. Randolph County, Pocahontas County, um, I think maybe even Preston County is involved. So over those three counties, we kind of bounced around, explored the woods, chopped firewood, went fishing, swam in the creek, had a campfire. We grilled elk meat, sipped some wine, played Frisbee, and just had a, just a, a truly, you know, cliche, wild and wonderful weekend. Um, but you always come back, like I say, a new person, refreshed, recharged. Um, Here's a great quote, CJ. I've been reading the Stoic book is that no man ever enters the same river twice for he is not the same man. Neither is the river. Something like that. <laughs> but basically it's something like that <laughs> paraphrased. Basically, it's getting out in nature, man. It's good for your mental health. Dennis Gillen talked about it. It was a wonderful weekend and we had a blast, man. So yeah, awesome, awesome deal. trip. Are you refreshed? Like, are you? I am. Like... Look how much look at the look how much energy I have. <laughs> Cooper, you come with the same intensity every day. I don't. <laughs> you don't you don't need a backpacking trip to uh i'm actually toning it down else. right now but. <laughs> yeah maybe it chilled you out a little bit calmed you down no guest today jorge rodriguez stanley with the west virginia community development hub good guy actually it's funny he he reached out to us wanting to try and do some collaboration with the hub and mountaineer media and then we had like a 20-minute conversation with him and then the three of us uh, Mason included, all got off that Zoom with him and we were like, yo, we need to have him on the podcast. It yeah. was like very evident and clear that his his story is a powerful one. It's very interesting, entertaining, and it's like the classic escape to West Virginia kind of deal. It was uh, he and his husband had to get out of California. His husband had some connections to Greenbrier County and they escaped to West Virginia from 
pandemic-ridden California. Everywhere was pandemic-ridden, but certainly uh, California was hit very, very hard early on. So great story here on top of you know, the work that he's doing in Greenbrier County, Ronsevert in particular, and how he's coordinating other projects across the state of West Virginia. I just thought this was like one of those where it's like, it hits home, man. If you live, breathe, and want the best for West Virginia, this guy is literally living and breathing and doing it. And this was just, this was a great combo. It is, and he's an awesome guy. And it really embodies the, you know, sometimes I get charged up and I get a little bit frustrated. People talk about West Virginia and almost fall into that kind of complaining state. This is the kind of person that's like, you know what? Why not me? Why don't I become the person that invests in the town? Why don't I buy that building and try to renovate it and then bring in a local business? So in this episode, he talks about, you know, what the professional work he's doing, but then personally what him and his partner are up to, um, even advocating telling stories about LGBTQ. and diverse West Virginians and, you know, maybe knocking out some stereotypes and trying to uh, not rebrand, but shine light on what's already here, right? It's not like when new folks come in, you know, he's not a native West Virginian, but certainly he's fallen in love with West Virginia. They're not trying to make it their own or different, but they're trying to highlight and uh, have their, I think you can have your imprint on the state. And that, that doesn't mean you lose the culture. And he, he's very like, aware of, of how to build a community, how to talk, how to promote things, how to get people invested in it. So this conversation, as you can imagine, we kind of spanned all over those subjects. Um, but it's awesome to see. I mean, it's kind of like exactly what we embody. He's kind of doing a very, very similar things to us and what we hope to see happen. He's actually doing it. Um, and he's, you know, he's really transforming an entire region of the state. It's awesome to see. Yeah, no doubt. All right, everybody. Uh, oh, one more note. The Almost Heaven Classic. It's happening. It is. We will have a lot more uh confirmation here in the couple of weeks in a couple of weeks i know we keep saying that but uh we have found our title sponsor and this thing is on the move so that is very exciting news also another little teaser cj we're in morgantown two weeks from now on a two-year celebration west virginia day june 20th go ahead tell them what we're going to be doing because this is we're stoked we're going to do an episode next week, kind of diving into all of it um, and a little bit up in the air. We're going to freestyle like we normally do, but we're going to be at the Black Bears game on June 20th, West Virginia Day, which is also, if you're a loyal fan, you know, that's our two-year celebration. Uh, we're going to be up there. Somehow, we got invited to sit in a box. We're going to have access to be able to record a live podcast. Maybe we're going to sneak out onto the field, um, but it's all around uh, going to be a celebration for us, you know, for us, our two-year landmark, but also enjoying the festivities of there it's like their cryptid night so they got a couple of mothman a couple other things going on but cj we're stoked for us three to get together and to be in such a iconic west virginia town like morgantown um it's gonna be a ton of fun so if you're in morgantown you're listening to this june 20th come out and see us um we'd love to say hello um but other than that yeah i mean it was we got a lot of a lot of big things in the fire man we got a lot of yeah going on. yeah and we're gonna be live streaming we're gonna try and hit all of the we're gonna try and live stream on all of our platforms that cannot i can't promise you that we, that's the goal yeah that's the goal but we are gonna definitely be streaming on at least one platform so if you can't come to the game make sure to tune in and check us out because we're gonna be having fun talking to other people around the ballpark we're gonna be in the booth um, Cooper and I are going to be providing color commentary on baseball, something that uh, <laughs> neither of us played, but we know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, oh, he missed that so, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big swing and a miss. <laughs> 
Anyway, so strikes. Oh, one more one more announcement is that you guys have been blowing up our giveaway from Black Locust Wood Shop. You guys, have, I think there's damn near a thousand people. I think it's close to 800 on this one specific, specifically that have signed up to win this West Virginia wall art. You could call it. It's a topography map. It's a little bit three dimensional. It's beautiful. It's handmade by a West Virginia small business, Black Locust Wood Shop in Charleston. Go to the website mountaineermedia.org. All you gotta do, give us your name, give us your email. We're not gonna spam you. We will promise to send you interesting blogs, cool podcast merch discounts and you're entered to win this contest june 11th we're going to announce the winner uh like again like i said 800 people signed up put your name in you might win it uh and god bless west virginia let's get to this week's episode it's about time does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Jorge Rodriguez Stanley of the West Virginia Community Development Hub with us. And we had a good conversation with you, kind of like a pre-interview conversation a couple of weeks ago, and you kind of gave us your backstory. And that's kind of where we want to start this one because it's so fascinating. Everybody kind of has like a pandemic story, right? Something that changed in their life or altered the way that they live, breathe, think, whatever. But it literally changed your geographical location, right? So kind of walk us through your pandemic story and how you ended up here in West Virginia. Uh, yeah, so... Um, like everyone else, COVID happened. We had to like lock down. We were living in Los Angeles at the time, um, me and my husband. And, um, I figured something like this was going to happen as I watched the virus kind of grow. I'm, I was a journalist for seven years in LA and um, paid, I paid really close attention, like starting, I think November, 2019 is when I was first like, this seems like something we should be more concerned about than we are at the moment. Um, I even had a coworker of mine, like every day I gave her like updates of like where the numbers were, what was happening, how things were spreading. And I remember one day she turned to me, she goes, just shut up. I'm tired of hearing about this <laughs> pandemic. I'm tired of hearing about this virus. Like I, I'm tired of hearing about this from you. And I'm like, I really think we need to be concerned. So, uh, by March of 2020, when everything locked down, I had already done the groundwork for a couple months and stocked up a ton of supplies so that my husband and I could lock down for, we were thinking a month or two, you know, I think everyone thought, oh, let's be two weeks out of the office and we'll be back, um, which clearly we're still in it. Um, so when that happened, my husband lost all of his work immediately. He's a Pilates instructor. Um, and that was like one of the first things to go was gyms, fitness, things like that. Um, so we just kind of had to figure out what is our next step? What are we going to do? We've lost an entire source of income now. We're living in a one-bedroom apartment in LA. It is not very fun to live in a city when you can't go to the restaurants or go to the concerts or be around the people. Like Once you're paying a cost of living to be in a city and you're stuck in a one-bedroom apartment, it becomes tedious. It becomes annoying. It becomes just not worth it. And my husband is from Ronsford, which is here in Greenbrier County. And we joked at the beginning of the podcast, or uh, podcast, hilarious, the beginning of the <laughs> pandemic, um, that if things got bad enough, we could always go to West Virginia. We can isolate there. His parents have a home on some property here. We could have space. We could, you know, move around a little bit more free. And it was always just like a ha-ha kind of joke. And 
one day I was like asleep on the couch and he wakes me up and he'd been searching on real estate uh, websites for months because we've been wanting to invest in Greenbrier County anyway. It's something we've been talking about for years. And he found a building here, an old building that was on the market for a very low price and seemed like really low risk. And I was like, sure, let's go for it. And we bought the building and moved out here. I think it was September of 2020 is when we made the big move. Um, and we just thought, let's figure this out. Like we need to do something. We need to figure something new out. And living in LA, we always knew we'd never be able to afford a home out there. The prices there are so wild that we had to figure out where are we going to invest? Where are we going to set down our roots? What are we going to make home base? So this building presented itself at kind of the right time. Um, before we close on the building though, we had been working out the details and I think we were closing on a Friday and I got hospitalized that Thursday in a diabetic coma. Wow. So oh, wow. my, it was wild. It was like, there were no, like all of my health uh, stuff beforehand didn't indicate that any of this was happening. And I think it was brought on by the pandemic. I'm suddenly not biking to work. I'm not taking the train. I'm not going to the gym. I'm just like sitting on my couch, eating a lot of food, doing nothing. So uh, I spent five days in the hospital. Meanwhile, he's like, kind of stringing the real estate agent along the seller like oh, yeah we're gonna close soon it's fine it's fine and then finally when we found out that I was going to survive he was like okay this is what happened he's in the hospital and the seller was nice enough to be like okay let's deal with it when he gets out um so that is how we first ended up in West Virginia was we just we got an old building and we wanted to originally just fix it up move back to LA and rent it out be one of those like absentee landlords that you hear so much about in West Virginia and Living here for eight months at that time, we realized that this is where we wanted to be. Like it was a good place to set down some roots and figure out how can we live in West Virginia while keeping a life connected into LA. Um, yeah, so over those eight months, we just kind of fell in love with this place. We were here longer than we thought we were going to be. And yeah. What did, before you came to West Virginia, had you spent much time here? Had you maybe, I'm sure by that time, having your husband from the state, you know, maybe you've heard about it, but did you maybe admittedly have preconceived notions about what West Virginia people were like, what the community was like, what it would be like to live in West Virginia? And did any of that maybe change in that first eight months when you said you kind of fell in love with the state? Um, yeah, so I, I don't know how. Um, but I went through my entire life never knowing about West Virginia. I didn't hear any of the stereotypes. You're not I didn't the first, hear any of the you're not the last. Yeah. I, 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 the thing is, I know people who don't know anything about West Virginia, but they know the stereotypes. Right, like, they know the best. Sure, yeah. yeah, and I never even heard that. Like somehow I went through my entire life just like completely ignorant about what West Virginia was, other than a state that's a really cool shape. That's all I knew about it. <laughs> um, and so meeting my husband was my first example of West Virginia. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like, suddenly I'm connected to a place that I never knew anything about. And we visited his parents like one week a year. We would come in like July and hang out with him. And the first time we visited, as we left, I turned to, to my husband, Chris, and I was just like, I will move here. You just have to tell me when. And he laughed. He's like, you don't want to live there. It's, it's not a place that you're going to want to be. It's, you know, that's fun. You're just enjoying it because it's a vacation. And I just like always mentioned it to him, like in passing over the last few years, like I'll move there. You just have to let me know when you're ready to move there. Um, he's also a only child. So at some point, you know, we'd already discussed, like, we would have to find a way to like live here to help take care of his parents as they got older, like all these things were going to happen at some point. So we needed to figure that out. 
Um, but he was kind of resistant to it, like a lot of people who leave West Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. I'm someone who grew up in the Florida panhandle, so I get it. I don't want to go back to Florida. Um, but I was like, there's something different about West Virginia than, than Florida. There's like, there's a, there's a potential here. There's a magic here that I haven't really experienced in a lot of places. So I always told him like, I'll move back. Let's do it. Like, it's a beautiful place. You know, Greenbrier County is also like an exceptional piece of West Virginia um, with the medical school, the Greenbrier Resort. Like there's things here that are just like a little bit different than the rest of the state that just makes it so enticing and just so wonderful. And the nature is gorgeous. So I was yeah. always down for it. I also miss the rain. Like being from Florida, living in LA, it doesn't rain there. So I was like, it rains here. There's seasons. Yes. There's weather. I want to be back in this. So well, there's all four seasons. Yeah, all four seasons every day. Like you can have rain. You can have sun. <laughs> you can have like a like a tor- small tornado. You can have a little bit of snow. CJ, we've got big news here at Mountaineer Media. Mr. B Chips has agreed to stay on board and remain our presenting sponsor for all of 2022. That's easily the best news of 2022 so far. I'm a little biased, I get it, but no, this is huge news for us. And Marianne Kettleson is the CEO of Mr. B Potato Chip, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. So Marianne, thank you for believing in us. We certainly believe in what you and Mr. B is doing as a whole. And Cooper, Marianne, just like one of the coolest people out there, right? We've spoken with her on a handful of occasions. She's ultra supportive, but she's just like this down to earth, chill person, the queen bee, as we like to say. He's an absolute rock star, guys. Check him out, MrB.com. Find them in your local grocery store. We're so, so uh, proud and supportive of Mr. B because they believe in us and they believe in West Virginia. Cooper, there are a couple of things in life that you really just like can't mess up. You really have to nail it on the head, like buying a car, buying a home, buying an engagement ring, something that you and producer Mason Jack just went through. And both of you guys just bought your rings from one of the most trusted jewelry stores in all of West Virginia, and they are now a proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media, Calvin Royals Jewelry. And Cooper, that was a great decision that you made going to them to buy that ring, wasn't it? It absolutely was. It was a little stressful, but I tell you what, once I walked into the doors at Calvin Boyles, I went to their South Charleston location and look, they made it so easy. I was not put under any pressure. I was informed. It was fun. It was uplifting. It was all about creating the best experience for me buying it, but also with my fiance in mind. They listened to me and I ended up getting a great piece of jewelry. And I think you can too. Anybody listening can go to South Charleston, Taze Valley or Beckley, go in there and see Calvin Boyles, mention Mountaineer Media, and I'm they're going to get a little smile across their face because they're investing right back in West Virginia. They even have something called the Horton West Virginia Collection and money that comes from that goes towards a scholarship for West Virginia students. So they believe in West Virginia just like we do. Calvin Royals Jewelers, proud partner of Mountaineer Media. Yeah, you can check them out online. They also have stores in Beckley, Tays Valley, and like Cooper said, South Charleston. So check them out online, check them out in stores. But Calvin Broyles Jewelry, proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media. Okay, well then eight months goes by, you're thinking you're on the ground, you got this building, you're, you know, you're like in the state, uh, you know, you're trained in a journalistic manner. Is that where you started gravitating? You're like, okay, how can I get a job maybe in media talking about maybe a passion subject, like help us understand how you landed at the hub. And then of course, talk to us about the hub. I'd love to, I know a lot of our folks, um, I think we've, you know, we've, 
interacted and shared with a lot of different like local groups, but it's, it's good to hear from someone that's like running one of these local groups um, and from a leadership standpoint. So help us understand, I guess, how you landed in that position, what hooked you to it and what exactly the work does. Yeah. So I am a journalist. That's how I'm trained. And I was working at a Latino media company in Los Angeles, one that, you know, I essentially, I started when it was 30 days old. I helped build it into this like behemoth of a brand. I've been there six years and we leave West Virginia in June, 2020, 2021 to go back to LA because we had to regroup. We had to figure things out. Like it was at a time when things were starting to open back up. We didn't know what our jobs were going to look like. We didn't know what we needed to figure out. So we thought, let's get back to LA. Let's regroup. And then we'll come back. And the plan was to come back August 2021. And then I get laid off of my job out there. It's like very unceremonious. End of July, they're like, we don't need any full-time editorial people anymore. Um, Thank you for being here for six years. We'll give you your health insurance for one more month. And that's it. And I was like, okay, got it. So in, in that same week, my husband then got COVID. He got a breakthrough case and somehow I didn't get it. So here we were the first week of August when we were planning to move back. Suddenly I didn't have a job. My husband is still not working because of the pandemic and he now has COVID. So we just kind of had to figure things out. Again, we're back in that place that we were in 2020. So I'm like just kind of going through the motions. I pick up some freelance stuff. I'm doing things here and there. And then two friends send me the job description for, for the West Virginia Community Development Hub as a communications associate. And they each sent it to me like a couple days apart, not knowing that the other one had sent it. And I looked it over and I'm like, I don't know if I'm a fit for this. I'm not sure. Like I I wrestled with it a lot internally. And I think it was like a week before the application was due. I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's throw it in there. Let's see what happens. So I applied for it and I immediately got an email back. And the email essentially was like, you do know that this is a position in West Virginia and you're in Los Angeles? I'm like, yes. And they're like, are you, are you moving here? Do you know anything about the state? Like what's happening? I was like, oh yeah, no. So I explained like what my husband and I were doing and how we're going to be like moving back to the state. And it was a relief to go through their interview process. It was like two interviews and then they made the decision. And I say that it's really relieving because in LA, I went through nine interviews for one freelance position. And at the end, they're like, oh, actually we don't have the funds for it. I'm like, I spent a month and a half interviewing for this one position, nothing happened. Um, so that's how I got connected into the house, which is like a random friend sending me a job description. So I went for it and it, worked out. I got the job offer before Christmas. I was actually in the airport in Orlando having just visited family when I got the call. So um, yeah, so that's how I got connected into it. And now it helped us move here. It helped us to relocate here. Now that I had a job, we had stuff going on. We were able to figure some things out. And also during this whole time, I, don't, I think I forgot to mention this, my husband because we were leaving, wanted to show the city, wanted to show Ronsford, we are committed. We do want to see this town turn around. Like our investment in this building turned into an investment into the community and helping to rebuild the community. Because where Ronsford is, is we're like four minutes from Lewisburg, which is mm-hmm. established, you know that area. And then another short drive, you're in White Sulphur Springs with the Greenbrier Resort and everything that's happening there. And yet Ronsford is that town that just kind of got forgotten and has fallen on really hard times. So we wanted to invest in the community. We wanted to see it thrive again because there's no reason it can't 
so before we left, he said, I want to get a dog park built. He went to the city. The city loved the idea. They got it all ironed out. They worked out the details. And while we were in LA is when he did all the fundraising for it, got the money together. And we reached our goal right before we moved back. So dog park is happening. It's awesome. going in next week, actually, on uh, June 12th is when they're going to start construction on it. Um, so yeah, so that like that's a little bit like how we're like just investing in the town. And with this job that I have now with the hub, with the, the West Virginia Community Development Hub, um, I came on just to help tell the story of West Virginia and tell the story of like the good things that are happening here and, and the good work that people are doing in their communities, whether it's getting a community garden built or completely redoing historic buildings in people's downtowns. Like, there's a lot of work that's happening. The community, the Western Community Development Hub works alongside those communities. They help with, you know, technical assistance. They help coach communities on like, how do you get to, you know, this stage of the project that you're working on? What grants are out there that could benefit you really well in your endeavors? Um, we work with uh, WVU, uh, with some engineering students that will come in and kind of help like piece things together. There's just, we do a lot of that like groundwork with people. We work along with them and um, we're just here to like help revitalize West Virginia, especially, you know, our, our, our downtowns in these smaller areas are a great asset. It's an asset that a lot of places don't have. Like to have a centralized place in a place like Romsford where you can have all the businesses and you can have like a real community building center. It's just something that a lot of places don't have anymore. Um, so that's that's part of what the hub does. There's a whole other, several different programs that we have. There's different levels of commitment people can make with the hub and the work that they're doing. Um, but as a communications associate, I'm here to tell the stories of what's happening. I'm here to not just say like, oh, this town is doing this, but I'm finding like the people who are doing it specifically. And I'm focusing a lot on showing also the diversity in West Virginia and how it's not the people that you would expect to be doing a lot of this work. I'm currently working on a series of AmeriCorps Vistas who that's a volunteer in service to America. They spend a year working in communities and I'm highlighting black men, black women. I'm, I'm highlighting people who move from Seattle to come to West Virginia. I'm highlighting a lot of like young folks that are down in the trenches doing this work and just trying to like really amplify that narrative to in a way combat that national narrative that we see about West Virginia and just show there are good things happening here and there are really great people here doing the work and we're much more than that national narrative. We're much more than those stereotypes. We're much more than, than all the negative tropes that you hear said about us in media um, who are more than just the national news stories that come out about, you know, several issues that we've seen where it just seems like West Virginia is not doing anything or that West Virginia is really backwards. But in fact, if you are here and you spend time here, you see there are people doing this work and West Virginia is on the rise. I think in five years, West Virginia is going to be a completely different state. And I'm really excited to see it happen. You can definitely tell you've been drinking the West Virginia spring water. That's for sure. I don't think you'd call it the Kool-Aid, but the spring water for sure. You, it, it just oozes out of you when you, when you're here long enough, when you love this place, you want to defend it. You want to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have fallen in love with this place more and more as, as I've been here. So 
it's just, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful state. First of all, people are so kind here and there's like just really exceptional work happening. And I'm just really excited to be just a tiny piece of the puzzle that's just like showing off what West Virginia is all about. Well, I think what you guys are doing in Roncevert is such a good example because it's not so much like you're coming into Charleston or Morgantown or Fairmont and doing these things. You're taking a small community that is looking for revitalization and you're doing it there. And then you're also doing that across the state or helping direct and coordinate um, programs across the state to do that. So I, I think that's just like, it's a good example of you don't have to be in <clears throat> the largest cities in West Virginia to make a difference. You can be in the small communities that are looking for people like you to come in and make a difference or help at least a little bit. And so I think it's a good example of a small town starting to see a change. And then that's also happening at other parts across the state. You can yeah. also have so much of the impact too, right? Like there's a, like there's, you know, it's hard to like, I mean, in my mind, maybe someone thinks differently. Like if I were to move to like Dallas, Texas, like how, like is Cooper going to have an impact on Dallas, Texas? Like probably not. Right. You know, I mean, the grand scheme of things, unless I'm like an industry of Titan, unless I'm like, you know, you know, some massive billionaire, yada, yada, yada. But like, I think what's appealing to building and growing in West Virginia small towns is that like you guys just built this dog park. That's going to change the lives of hundreds of people. Maybe they can take their dog there. They can, it becomes a new enriching part of the community. Like in that, uh, playground exists in many 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 small towns throughout west virginia and it's appealing and it facilitates growth and it allows you to feel like you can make an impact on your area which a lot of people i think the covid maybe made them shake up like man am i doing meaningful work do i have meaningful relationships like whether they got laid off or maybe they just it caused them to deeply think about what they're doing i think when you go boots on the ground and you do something like that you're like wait a second wow this is immensely rewarding fulfilling but also wonderfully impactful for people in the community yeah absolutely i think that's a, that we talk about every day here it's just being here we can make an impact and it's something that we would never be able to do in la like you can't make this kind of impact there um, so i i i think yeah, I agree. And, and, and small communities need this. They, they need this and they want this. And it isn't until they see it happening that they realize that it can happen. Yeah. And I think us coming here and doing what we were doing originally with our first building um, and just kind of like me being in social media the way I am, promoting it all over Facebook every time we were doing something, cool little finds in the building, like news clips from 1916 that I was finding, just like getting the community really interested in what was happening, they suddenly thought, wait, we can really turn this around. Like this can right. happen here. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I'm really excited about everything that's happening. PJ, when we see other West Virginia companies pouring their heart and soul into the mountain state, it really does fire us up and our sponsor, Building Appalachia, man, I tell you, they're doing exactly that. Go ahead and tell the listeners what exactly Building Appalachia does. Well, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, definitely reach out to Building Appalachia, buildingappalachia.com. Jordan Christ and Jacob Skinner, we had them on the podcast. They're genuine guys, and they just want to make this part of West Virginia better. They want to connect people with their perfect home, or they want to renovate a home and connect it with who, somebody that it might be their perfect home, the next family that moves in there. So find these guys online, buildingappalachia.com. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, these are the guys that you need to get connected with. I was going to say, do you find West Virginians like, I'm trying to make a mental connection between 
West Virginians and I feel like this in a sense of resourcefulness, because like, if you think about like centuries of West Virginia living, right. Appalachian mountain living, um, things happen, right. Tree falls on the road. You got to figure out how to cut it off to get off the hill. Water ruins out your gate. You got to figure out how to fix it. And so that way your basement doesn't flood. Like West Virginians are mountain people by nature. I think that is like embodied in the culture of resourcefulness. I then I do think then there's a there can be a connection to um, it's not a surprise that a lot of West Virginians are entrepreneurs and leaders because when you grow up in a world where you got a problem solved and you almost have to like figure out a lot of things over centuries I tend to think that kind of like gets baked into the culture um, and then also when you're in West Virginia I think you know like you're not native from West Virginia but when you get here do you feel like you were always this like entrepreneurial and like almost like outgoingly problem solved maybe you were but I can't help but think that like when you get boots on the ground and you feel like it it almost is like reinforcing that wow like I can just create and build and I'm not waiting for to get like assigned something I'm just going to go out and do it myself does that make sense like do you, do you resonate at all with that absolutely I am the child of Cuban immigrants so I grew up with a lot of that mentality of we just have to figure it out figure it we out. have to figure it out we have to work together as a community of immigrants whether it's just like working with your family or working with, you know, your neighbors. Um, like I said, I grew up in the Florida Panhandle in a small town. There weren't very many Cubans, but we were able to find other Spanish speaking families, other Latin families. And we created a community there within ourselves. We were able to help each other out and kind of like work things out. My father, um, as an immigrant, ended up going to medical school, became a doctor, completely changed the course of his life. And, you know, in, in that same regard, my life, my mom's life, um, so I've always kind of had that in the back of my mind, like you have to do your own stuff, you have to figure it out. And I think living in LA for a while, I, I wouldn't say that I lost that, but it's really easy to get stuck in that, like that cog, that corporate cog sure. of like, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to work my nine to five. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to get my paycheck. I'm going to go home and moving to West Virginia, you know, I work for a nonprofit, but we're also now opening a cafe we're working to get like some other stuff going we wow. purchased another building that you know has some rental units in it we live in the building um and so we're figuring out like our own path now moving forward like how do we kind of disconnect from the the hustle that we were in and kind of create something new just bring some more entrepreneurship to this town yeah, yeah that's, awesome. that's very cool so so tell us a little bit more about this series that you're working on you're highlighting members this is with partnership from americorps and vistas correct like tell us a little bit more about that relationship and the people that you're spotlighting because they are doing similar work in other parts of the state of west virginia right yeah so the series is called the vistas of west virginia because i think i'm clever and tell us um, what a vista is like what what is a vista we, yeah. we know what americorps is but tell us what a vista is in particular Absolutely. So VISTA stands for Volunteers in Service to America. Um, and what that is, is you spend, I believe it's a year, um, volunteering in a community. You apply for it and then you get placed wherever you apply. I know we have um, uh, the, the, the profiles I've written so far. There's um, a woman in Petersburg who is there as a Vista. There is um, a man in the Monticello neighborhood of Clarksburg. Mm -hmm. There is uh, someone working in Fairmont. There's someone who has worked with Friends of Deckers Creek in Morgantown. There is someone uh, working with the Meadow River Valley. Um, uh, what's, working in the Meadow River Valley. I forget the name of the organization specifically, but then the Meadow River Valley, which is like Raynell, um, which we know got devastated during the floods. And then there is 
a Vista in Elkins. And so everyone's path getting there has been different. You, you know, you apply for this position, it's through AmeriCorps. And the way the hub is involved is the hub works with AmeriCorps to help place Vistas in hub communities where there is like, there's work happening and they need Vista support. I know right now we're currently looking for people to go to Marlington and Cowan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go there and they essentially do what needs to be done. Like that's it. we have someone who's doing working with Friends of Decker's Creek there in Morgantown and her whole focus has been cleaning up the creek and working on um, environmental issues. She's an environmental steward um, Vista. So she focuses a lot on that. You have, um, let me see, the woman in Petersburg, she is someone who she graduated high school and she didn't want to go to college. And instead of leaving, she decided I'm going to stay in my hometown and I'm going to make it better. And after she made that decision, someone she knew was like, you should apply for this Vista program. Like you can stay here and you can do this work. And so she recently had like a three day event where they got volunteers from all over the town to come and help with power washing buildings and cleaning up their own creek beds and just like beautifying and cleaning and restoring things all throughout the town. So it's a lot of work and it goes in different directions depending on where you are, obviously. Um, So that's like kind of like an overarching idea of what a Vista is. And um, it's just what, what I'm most inspired by with these people is they're mostly really young fresh out of college or fresh out of high school and they've decided I'm going to take a year and I'm going to give back to this community that has been my home for X amount of years. So I just find it to be like just really, really inspiring to see these people take that chance. Like the the, the Vista and Elkins, I'm really drawn to. Um, she was the first one in our series um, and she went to Davis and Elkins College and she didn't know much about Elkins off of the college because she was like, she was a student athlete. She was very involved on the campus. And she took the year to just like really help with like getting Elkins going. And um, they already have a lot of stuff going in their favor. And she's just kind of there like pushing it even further. She uh, put together an expo with like a bunch of small businesses coming to talk and like just highlighting everything happening there. So it's just, it's wonderful work to see what people do. And, and, and you, like I said, you have like a diverse group of people here suddenly like, let me just spend a year. Let me figure out what I can do to help this place. Yeah, it's so, almost like the glue that kind of makes it like, I mean, if you're trying to start something new, it's like, well, who, what resources do I have? Is it the government? Is it not government? It's kind of like a blend of like nonprofit, but also helping businesses, but also helping individuals. So it kind of blends it all together, if you will. Yeah, because like as you clean up a downtown or as you like start restoring these old buildings, you suddenly create commercial spaces. And so you can get more small businesses opening up because now they're places like what once was a dilapidated building is now fully functioning and you just need someone to rent it out and open up their own, their own boutique dog washing place. If you want, like whatever they want to do, like now you have a place for them to do it. And that brings in money. It brings in people, it brings in resources. And um, like, I know Elkins right now, there's like this huge hotel there, the the Tiger hotel, which was Mm -hmm. abandoned and not doing very well the funding has now been secured to start fixing that up. And they're going to make it this like wonderful boutique hotel in the middle of downtown Elkins. And that's going to change that whole area. You know, now suddenly you're going to have people staying in this hotel who are going to want restaurants and shops and everything around them. So all everything that's there, is suddenly going to like get this infusion of, of money and foot traffic and it all just kind of works together. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about like what's the 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 long game here. You know what what's the what are the big goals that you guys have? Is it you know you have these vistas located in several cities. You would run subvert. Like what what's the hub's big dream? What's the big goal when you guys talk about like the future? I think, from my understanding, the big goal with the hub is we just want West Virginia to thrive. We mm-hmm. are here to work with communities to help them reach the next goal that they want in their towns, whether it, like I said, is a community garden or creating, um, in Monticello, there was an old building that they redid and now it's a community center. And you can go there and you can take Taekwondo classes. You can go and play chess. You can like all these things now happen in this one community center that was once an old building that nobody was using. So it's just finding ways of, of, of redeveloping and re-inspiring these towns of being like, oh, I can do this. We can make our town better. We can make things better. We just have to work together. And I think that's something that like we've seen in these communities is the moment things start to happen, they're like, let's band together and really go for it. So I think a lot of it too is the empowerment that like the community itself can affect its future. I mean, I think West Virginia's history is, um, you know, we've had centuries of coal mining and, you know, companies essentially, the harsh words uses abusing labor practices, right? I mean, like using folks in a way that's kind of like, you know, they do a lot of work and then not all the economic benefit doesn't necessarily go to them. Um, so I think sometimes there's a natural um, maybe hesitation or just untrusting of like, wait a second, like am and like, what is this? Is this development? Am I going to be excluded from this? Is it going to hurt me? Is it going to, is it going to take my land or, you know, put my family at an economic disadvantage? So like, I think once you kind of like lower the tension levels and then empower people that, Hey, like you can become a part of the the growth in the future and the growth in the future is not mutually exclusive to you enjoying a happy, fulfilling life in West Virginia. Like they're both the same, like we can grow sustainably, but you can affect it and you can also benefit from it. I think, unfortunately, that concept is new to a lot of West Virginia small towns because they're not quite frankly used to that sort of of maybe whatever you want to put it like community development and, and business and that sort of thing. So um, I think a lot of the work is just getting that the trust of the people. And then when they see it's like, oh, you're you're not just some far away person doing this and leaving like you're here too like you're here too. There's Sam, there's Mike, there's Sarah, like these are all the people that are in the town doing it. I think you can build tremendous momentum and then that's how you get that's how you get White Sulphur Springs. That's how you get like Lewisburg. That's how you get Fayetteville. That's how you get all these like ones that somehow figured it out. I think you could replicate that formula in, you know, damn near every little town in West Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. And then when it comes to Ronsford, what's happening in Ronsford isn't the hub. We haven't like gotten tied into that yet. It's something that like my husband and I just kind of came in and we said the quiet parts Mm -hmm. out loud is what we did. We're like, this is what we could be. This is what we could do. And and people hadn't thought in that way before. So, you know, we now have people working on mountain biking trails here. We have people that are working to, um, they're doing a whole redevelopment of, of the Island Park, which is like this beautiful park that we have down by the river with playgrounds, a uh, baseball field, there's a skate park, there's horseshoes, there's all this stuff happening there along the river. That's where the dog park is going to go now. They're doing a whole like comprehensive plan to redo it, adding in a splash pad and creating all this great stuff. We now have all kinds of people from Lewisburg and White Sulphur suddenly interested in getting into Ronsford. So there's a lot of people now starting to invest here. There are new businesses moving in. People are buying up old buildings and fixing them up. They're doing that with the houses in the hills as well. 
um, we just kind of, we came in and we said, this is what this town should do. We need to be the outdoor entertainment part of this tri-city situation. Mm-hmm. You have cool. Lewisburg, which is established with its right. Carnegie Hall and all that stuff. There's not much more that's going to happen there. White Sulphur has the resort and they have a great downtown. They're creating really cool stuff over there. But Rossford is the outdoors place. You need to be able to come here and go mountain biking, take your dog to the park, go into the river. Like, and we need to lean into that. We need to have the restaurants and the cafes and the bars to support those people support coming that through. Travel. Wow, man. You're selling me. I want to I want to go down there and invest. <laughs> TJ, when I'm cooking dinner, I, at this point in the evening, I've got little mental capacity left. So something that has really improved my life and made cooking dinner a breeze is using Ray's Rub. Now, Ray's Rub is a true all-purpose seasoning that's packed full of mouth-watering herbs and spices, 21 of them to be exact. Yeah, it's like a mouthful of flavor when that chicken, pork, or vegetables get in your mouth. When you take that first bite with raised rub sprinkled on top, or if you seasoned it beforehand, it's just like, boom, punches you right in the mouth. It's it's a delicious taste. You can get it on Raise Rub's website or amazon.com, and they just ship it right to your door, man. Brody Prudnick was a former guest. We had him on. He was awesome, and he oversees the Raise Rub operation based out of Morgantown. But, uh, man, this is a West Virginia company to its core, and we are loving to be proud partners with Raise Rub Cooper. Order Raise Rub today. DJ, one of the things that you just gotta have in life is a J-O-B. And if you're in West Virginia, I think the best place you can go is Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Now they're a premier talent acquisition agency. So that means if you're a small business, they can help you get employees. Or if you're just looking for a job, Mountaineer Employment Solutions can help you do that. Hold on, Cooper. I'm writing that down. You said J-O-B. Oh, job. Yeah, sorry. I'm not great at spelling. That took me a second to get there. But yeah, definitely. Mountaineer Employment Solutions is the way to go if you're looking for a job or for a company that, you know, if you need staffing for your company, definitely check those guys out. You can find them online. Beamountaineer.com. That's beamountaineer.com. Bill Carter found this company he's an awesome guy and he's gonna hook you up he's gonna he's genuine man he just wants to help people especially west virginia businesses so go check them out mountaineer employment solutions you can find them online at beamountaineer.com or find either of their locations in person in morgantown and in south charleston um are you familiar with the west virginia land trust have you ever come across them i have not i'm still learning a lot so we'll connect you with this guy because I think it would be extremely helpful. His name, we just, you, you're following him up just two, a couple episodes ago. His name is Dr. Brent Bailey, but he's the, is he the director, CJ, um, of the West Virginia Land Trust? Basically their work is like utilizing public land um, or like basically private public land, finding ways to, you know, do trail systems, low impact um, bike, you know, hiking, outdoor recreation for communities, a lot of individual private folks that own land that want to leave a legacy. They don't necessarily have a family to leave it to. They leave it to the land trust and then they, and, you know, they do the work of development, but they work hand in hand with, I imagine groups like you individuals, um, to build and support those kind of outdoor recreation space. So his name's Dr. Brent Bailey. He was, I think it's episode 83, 84, um, First of all, I mean, we'll send to you, listen to that one. He's a phenomenal guy, really fascinating guy, kind of similar energy and, and effort as you um, with, with the work that you all are doing. But I think it'd be a great partnership. And this hopefully maybe we can put two, two together here and maybe um, it'll help in some way. Yeah, I think we, we, we will do that. Yeah, good deal. <laughs> we'll definitely connect you guys.
Um, well, cool. Oh, Jorge, is there anything else that you wanted to add about just what the work that you guys are doing and just moving forward, whether it's personal, great work, man. Awesome you know, stuff. or with involved with the hub, anything? Um, I think the only thing that I want to say is that West Virginia, I think like the future is in West Virginia when it comes to like what is possible in the country right now. There, There's just, there are several towns that have hit really hard times and it doesn't take a lot to create a real impact there. I know when we were moving here again permanently, a lot of my friends in LA were like, well, a lot of my friends in LA first were like, this sounds like something you would do. This sounds like an adventure that you would go on for sure. We're not surprised. Um, but they were also really surprised that I chose West Virginia because they know a lot about the, the, the they know a lot about how, what it, what it, what it's like to be like a gay person living in West Virginia or what it's like to be a minority living in West Virginia. And they know that my friends who are queer are not eager to get to West Virginia. My friends who are black are not eager to get to West Virginia, you know, and I do think that that is changing. I am on the Greenbrier Valley Pride board here and we're getting ready to do our second Pride. We threw Pride together last year in 29 days and had a huge parade in downtown Lewisburg. And this year we're working on getting like a week's worth of events going. We're gonna have trivia night. We're having a drag queen story hour. We're doing Pride by the river. We're like, we're creating all this stuff. And it just shows that like things are changing and things are possible when people want to see it happen. So. Um, to people who may not understand like why young people are interested now in West Virginia or are trying to make things different is there's a real possibility here. And I think if we do the work and you go to these towns and you, you, you have to be willing to live there and do the work to show what can happen. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's one thing to like stay in your apartment in LA and be like, well, they should be doing this in West Virginia. <laughs> But when you come to West Virginia and you live here and you invest your time, your money, it changes people's minds. It, it, it opens them up in a way that they never had to think about because I am now like a gay Latino man living in Ronsford, West Virginia, and I am making real change. I am creating a cafe so that people can have, but there's no food option in Ronsford. You have to go to Lewisburg or White Sulphur. We're giving them a food option. We are like, we are, are, we're trying to fix up this one building. We have another one that we're going to start like fixing up on the inside it's currently like it's in good condition we just want to make it a little bit nicer um so let's say like the possibility is there and if you want to like invest in a place i think now is the time to look at west virginia yeah june obviously awesome. is pride month they just had a, a a great the pride parade in charleston went really well the weather was great so that always helps yeah. to big economic boost for downtown so yeah you're right man I, I what did you say it was like saying the quiet things loud or like speaking for say it louder for the people in the back you know yeah, more of that can never hurt no for the most part. Content could be found. So, Absolutely. Anyway, yeah, no doubt. Well, Jorge, thank you so much, man. We really enjoyed this conversation. Great getting to know you even more already than we already did. And we definitely, you know, any way that we can connect even more so, anything we'll that we do, can yeah. help you and vice versa, man, please. We'd love to stay in touch, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, sounds great. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. I'm just really excited about West Virginia and I'm really excited about what's happening. 